So welcome back to another podcast by Team Clickstop and today we are going to discuss what really happened during first test of the Ashes played between England and Australia as we anticipated to be most heated series uh, in this summer um it indeed started off really well and again fan favorites England did show their baseball game but Australia at the end of the day were pretty much over the line so yeah that started the discussion uh, today i am joined with three panel member uh, members uh, as usual samir and devanshu and also today we have got a new guest uh, tejas bajwa who did many podcasts with us before so let's get started uh, so yes samir any views on what really happened in that test yeah i think first of all i would like to say that uh, it was an thriller of a test match and after such a long time you know test matches in england i always look forward to just like most of the cricket fans always look forward to and you know there's something about test matches in england and australia i don't know what what exactly it is but they're really fun to watch and so yeah i mean uh, you know credit to both the teams the way they have played i think both teams were at their absolute best uh, when it came to and you know there's something about those two that whenever ashes is around the corner they you know really bring their best form out and you know we really saw that i think uh, the way england has changed uh, the way of playing their uh, the style of playing their cricket i think when they started it in white ball cricket they have translated in test cricket as well because if you see the last 2 3 years they were not uh, the test cricket they were not really doing that well in test cricket you know especially when joe root was the captain under him the batsmen uh we're not really showing that you know fearless approach that they were showing in white ball and i'm so uh, like happy for them that uh, you know uh, they have actually come up come uh, uh, like come out of the shell it's, uh, in the last uh, one one and a half years and you know the i think uh, the best example you can see is the way joe batted you know uh, i've always uh, believed that if you have that fearless approach in in your uh, like if you have a fearless mindset then you know you don't have to worry about the result you know ultimately at the end of the day you might just uh, you know uh, might, you might lose uh, certain wickets due to uh, playing certain rash shots and all those things will always be there but if your mindset is right you know you, at the, uh, somewhere down the line you will get the result but credits to australia you know the way they fought back on the last day i think that was really phenomenal the way pat cummins handled the pressure when i think 51 was needed and only three wickets were left i think the fact that he hit those two sixes to joe root i think you know that rattled england a bit uh, i think it was england's game at that point of time but uh, credit to australia the way handled pressure you know they are the world champions right now they are they have a lot of confidence coming into this test match so yeah i mean uh, the first test match if you see it has been a thrill i really can't wait to see the remaining test matches all right um, definitely you know it was equal game at the end of the day uh, but again it was australia that uh, crossed the line so devanshu any factor that uh, you want to mention that came out uh, heavily in australia's favor so i start talking australia i really like to talk about england first i mean if you check out the last two ashes series england were not in the best of the shape but to get in the approach of baseball even with a team like australia who are the world test champions was a great approach and 
no matter what the result was like of course it was australia who was able to cross the line but it was a nail biter and which in a test match a nail biter happening is really portraying that both the teams were exceptionally well so england did have uh, some hiccups that maybe some shots were not going to happen some shots didn't work in on the side but i think they did a great job and coming back to australia here pat cummins hats off to that guy i mean he was the one who handled the pressure he literally played the captain's innings and he really took the skipper's role to another level so yeah uh, about australia it's not only about pat cummins but uh, also about other players uh, like usman khwaja who played immensely well in the first innings i mean after a score of 393 on just the day one of the test match usman khwaja really stood up for the team australia in order to really put up that big score australia also put i guess around 380 which was a great reply to the 393 and usman khwaja had a great role in that so yes uh, as i always say australia has a collective approach where not a single where it's not like only a single player is a, is playing up to the mark but it's a lot of players and that is why they are a great team but uh, another factor that uh, went in favor of australia was moin ali getting uh, injured between the ma- uh, in match so yeah i would like to know from tejas uh, was it the factor that uh, you know gave away the advantage to australia considering that joe root was their second option but again losing primary uh, primary spinner for that match uh no i don't think that losing their primary spinner was the main cause of their loss because uh, whatever options they had they went all out for the victory they just couldn't because of the sheer perseverance of lion and comments or uh, true also there were many talks coming in uh, from many people that you know in first innings england did declare uh, pretty quickly considering joe root was uh, still batting and yeah we saw ben stokes defending that post match uh, conference so do you guys think that um, this was another reason that uh, it went in australia's favor because we know that this matches all the movements that were being showed in that match were in bits and pieces it could it, it could have gone anywhere but do you think this was also a factor So you know my view on this is very different. I think that was a great decision to declare uh, early on the day one. The reason being you are letting team Australia bat uh, in the last uh, session last half session of the day which is when uh, it is very difficult for the batters to bat off. So the thing is if England was the one who had won the game then everyone would have praised Ben Stokes that that was a great decision that is what we need. Uh, that is how you play a test match where you uh declare in the first innings and play psychology you get in the opposition's head but you know it's just because the result didn't turn out to be their way and honestly i really think england had the game it was just that pat cummins and nathan lyon played exceptionally well with just our primary stages mentioned and that is why you see uh, i don't think that the first declaration in the first innings was a big big of a deal and i think if uh ben stokes does the same thing in the second test match then i am going to be like uh, so proud of him 
See the thing is na that uh, initially even I was thinking that you know 393.8 they were not in a good position on first day to be honest until Johnny Bairstow really counter attacked. So uh, I was even I was thinking that you know they should have continued since Joe Root was batting. Uh, if Joe Root was not batting and if the, if the bowlers then maybe it was understandable but if Root was batting they should may might have continued. That was my thought initially. But then I realized you know that this is Eng- this is England. This is how they are going to play and you have to get used to it. and you know the fact that they declared and they put australia to bat okay they didn't take wickets that's fine but i think the most impressive thing is the mindset is the aggressive mindset behind it see uh, we always say that india should play fearlessly right what is the issue with india over the past 3 4 years it's the lack of fearlessness so when we are saying that a teams should play fearly uh, fearless with uh, uh, that they should not be scared of you know uh, taking uh, like uh, aggressive decisions then you have to back these kind of decisions as well right you uh, can't really criticize every single move you know it can work out it at times it may not work out hindsight is the best place to live in you know you can look back you can say that this was the reason this was not the reason so that is that is fine i won't really criticize him on that but uh, you know you have to give credit to uh, england and not just the declaration but i think the field setting the way they got usman khwaja the field set that uh, uh, ben stokes had uh, put for him so i think these uh, this is a second case and i uh, one more case that i would like to point out in the second innings when joe root uh, came out england where i think they lost two wickets in the second innings very initially and joe root comes out and he reverse sweeps poland uh, on the first ball of the next day can you imagine i mean and I, i read it somewhere that he said that in the dressing room while going out that i want to i wish you know there's something inside me that i want to play that reverse uh, shot to boland and boland you know perhaps he was the best bowler in the world test championship final indian players were not able to play him during the finals and he comes out in such a pressure situation ashes first test match you know wickets have fallen second innings everything is going everything is on you you reverse swoop him so just imagine and i think this is not the first time he has done this right see the last 3 4 years uh, last 3 years especially since this baseball thing has started jorut has missed so many hundreds because of that it's a selfless nature and i think you know the moment where when you put your team ahead of your individual uh, benefits you know you are bound to get glory i feel because any over a period of years if you see england the way they have played their cricket i think they have put the muscle personal milestones aside and they have put the team first. and they have gotten the results you know not just ashes but You see, 2022 uh, T20 uh, World Cup, the way they won, the way they won the 2019 World Cup. You know, people can say all uh, things that in New Zealand deserve to win and all those things, but no, England were the best team of the tournament. They deserve to win more than any other any other team. So, I feel that uh, that is the way that uh, England has, uh, you know, uh, played over the years, and you just got to accept it the way they are doing it. You know, come. if we all saw that 2019 world cup right you know, they initially lost few games and everybody was saying you know they choke under pressure and all those things but you know come the uh, the knockout game against india with the way best and roy batted i think that was a demonstration of what standards they have set and from there to win the world cups under such pressure situations i think you know you have to give credit to them and i'm sure they'll come back you know first test might have not gone their way but i'm sure they'll make a comeback. I would like to add to what he said about the 2019 World Cup. Like uh, we all know that what happened to England in the 2015 World Cup, which was uh, held in Australia, they saw a group stage exit 
and they just revamped their whole structure from ground zero from grassroots level they decided that they wanted to play an aggressive brand of cricket and uh, owen morgan was very clear with the team he wanted to go ahead with he had like specialist batters who could uh, tear any bowling lineup apart in the par plat the top with the likes of uh, roy bestow and then someone who can carry the innings like root and then again a lot of firepower later on in the innings with uh, butler and morgan so and also ben stokes in the middle so they uh, are they have revamped their test cricket in a similar way uh, is my point of view like what they did after 2015 world cup with their odi team uh, stokes and mcclum are doing the same with the test team after their uh, constant failures with the test side in the past so that's what i feel is uh, happening right now in the english test cricket scenario Well, absolutely we have seen the greatest transition for england if uh, we talk about odi cricket and uh, t20 cricket and that transition was so smooth that uh, you know for few years english uh, side was not even being considered as the greatest power if we talk about odi cricket um like if you uh, see the champions trophy which india won and now after that the world cup of 2019 half of that uh, champions trophy and 2015 world cup squad disappeared and that transition was so smooth that uh, suddenly england were uh, back to winning ways uh, we talk about uh, obviously world cup or um, even t20 world cup and then obviously winning uh, test on flat decks in pakistan so this is just a start for england what i feel but let's move on from england um, let's talk about another talking point that uh, everyone was um, you know just criticizing australia for uh, missing out uh, stark in playing 11 so do you guys feel stark should have played uh, the match on um, what kind of impact he would have brought in if he would um, been playing that test match and also um, like on whose place uh, should uh, he be playing so you know about mitchell stark i really think mitchell stark should have been there in the first ashes playing 11 the reason is very simple in the last ashes if you remember the first ball of the game mr stark gets odi for i mean if a person has literally got the ashes golden duck he has to be in the playing 11 he has to like even if you know mr stark wouldn't have got a single wicket it's fine but you have to put that psychological pressure in the opposition's mind so things like this also matters and we all know mr stark is not someone who would uh, who who will go wicketless he'll always be the one who'll get wickets so i really don't ex- exactly know the reason why he wasn't uh, there in the game but yeah i really think he should be a part of the next playing 11 and about the replacement so there's a lot of criticism on scott holland uh, about his aggression and that he was not able to uh, literally show his place which he was able to do in the wtc final So a harsh opinion, but I think Scott Pollen should replace Mitchell Stark. I mean, Mitchell uh, Stark is Scott Pollen. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I won't really uh, dig much into that because uh, I mean, see, if you look at the see, if he was injured or if he had some niggle, then maybe you don't have any choice. You had to play Scott Pollen. But uh, maybe I think they saw that he was in good form in World Test Championship final. You know, he performed under that pressure. 
so you know maybe that was the mindset behind that and you know i think australia has this uh, uh pattern if you see you know josh hazelwood also didn't play the world test championship and many say they were injured but uh, you know maybe it might be that some of the people were also saying that you know they were uh, getting him ready for ashes so i don't know it may be uh, it's see it's not that he won't play any of the five tests i think they might be just uh, you know rotating the fast bowlers because it's a long test series so uh, we may see mitchell stark up and because see after all he has that experience right mitchell stark is mitchell stark at the end of the day and you know you he brings that variety also into the side you know that left arm tall fast bowler you need th- those kind of uh, uh, things and uh, uh, so yeah i mean uh, i don't really know if he would have made a difference but uh, as long as you're winning you know maybe they might not change that winning formula but if you also remember mitchell stark played the very important innings with the bat also uh, in the world test championship final if uh, you guys remember so uh, i don't know uh, but they might uh, get it back but criticism uh, on really good in the world test championship final and also before for that one match here and there you know some runs some you can have few bad sessions that's that's fine but uh, as strongest team is winning i think they might as well go with the same combination uh true so i don't think so there are uh, any other things left to discuss about uh, squad selection or uh, defining factors but uh, you know there were two things in my mind obviously one thing will come on to is the last session where the whole match uh, turned away in australia's favor and obviously it was the defining session and uh, another thing i don't know if you guys noticed or not ben stokes as captain he is doing really well but uh, if we talk about if we talk about his batting average um it's not there in this match so do you guys think that uh, you know this could also be the reason that uh, england were slightly short see uh, i think uh, ben stokes with the bat uh, see he is a very big player of the big matches you know you, you look at uh, uh, headingley test match you look at uh, uh, the world world cup finals of 2019 and t20 world cup finals he has done that but yeah i mean i kind of agree with you where ben stokes has not been you know that consistent with the bat but you know he is that player he is you know he brings that energy to the field he is that one player who reminds me of yuvraj singh back the day you know where you know you beat fielding beat with bowling beat some random catch or beat hitting two sixes here and there he, those kind of players have the you know potential to turn the match around and i think that's what ben stokes is so and again I, he was the one who took the wicket of khwaja in the second innings when khwaja yeah. was actually well settled at the crease so again he never fails to leave an impact uh, uh, in a match whether it's with a bat ball or whether it's a catch so even again he almost pulled off a spectacular catch and that could have been the match then there and there for england but was not to be yeah exactly so i mean i but yeah i do agree that with the bat you know a little bit more consistent you know every day is not going to be a finals or semi finals of a big tournament so uh, but yeah i mean see he has brought that mindset as a captain so i really you know like that approach you know the moment he took up captaincy the way brendan mcclum also came in 
and the way they have transformed it i think the credit has to go to them but yeah i mean if you are the captain you have to lead you are leading well but you have to lead with the bat as well and uh, he did take important wickets as he made about khwaja the way he set up that field and the way he got that wicket i think you know he is doing a good job it's just that with the bat at times you need him in the series with the bat it, it can't be that you know all four matches or all five matches you you know don't score only and you keep you will still keep winning because at the end of the day you did lose the first test match you can play all fearless cricket you want but uh, you know at the end of the day you want to win right so if you want to win you have to take crucial you have to make crucial runs and you have to take crucial wickets so fearless approach is good but results also have to go your obviously if we talk about australia they had uh, you know that much better calmness in them uh, if we talk about the last session like if you consider whole australian bowling lineup uh, many people are talking about what the uh, pacers having impact on that particular test match but you know nathan line coming in with that sort of brilliancy in first innings i don't know like you if compared to english uh, spin attack uh, in this particular test match nathan lyon had much a bigger impact on the game so again now england have lost their primary spinner moin ali and uh, rehan ahmed has been added to squad but we will discuss about that later let's move on to where the match shifted the last session like there were few decisions made um, you know which were not uh, good in uh, terms of bowling changes like for example uh, Jimmy Anderson never bowled any over in those uh, final moments of that test match. He went away with Ozzy Robinson and again we saw that uh, same mistake that uh, England have uh, done in the past uh, bowling bouncers to tailenders and uh, that's what uh, uh, the point they lost the match. So do you guys think that uh, you know Jimmy Anderson should have bowled those final overs? So you know Jimmy Anderson was Uh, a little rusty in the second innings. I mean, of course, Jimmy Anderson ages like a fine wine, but still, I mean, he wasn't uh, able. He wasn't up to his mark in the Ashes in the first Ashes, honestly. Like we all know how Jimmy Anderson is as a player. He is always the one who will get those crucial wickets. He'll get those. He'll pick up those starting two wickets, and he'll get the flow of the wickets coming for the team. But I don't know what uh, reason he just couldn't get the ball in the perfect lens. So maybe that was the reason they went with Ollie Robinson, who had actually gotten two wickets in that innings as well. So going through some player who has that built-in confidence, where he has got a couple of wickets in the innings, was I think a better option. But yeah, uh, uh, it's there are always ifs and buts to the game. But I think choosing Ollie Robinson was a good idea. See, I think there are you know, yeah, uh, Anderson. Uh, mentioned something about the pitch was not having anything in it for him as a bowler also could that have been a factor uh, that uh, he himself decided against uh, the captain's or the management decision to not bowl him like if they wanted him to bowl but he himself could have said no could that have happened in the test match what do you guys think yeah at times you know you have to make things happen when things are not going your way i think uh, you know i won't say they went a bit complacent when they took those crucial wickets at the end and only three wickets were remaining maybe they might have thought that you know game d- done and dusted 
but the way the bat Cummins hit those two sixes, I think that you know rattled them. And I think there are two three decisions if you see, you know, uh, Jimmy Anderson. He was not at his best, you know. Let's be honest in this game at least. But you can look at it other way also. That you know, he's an experienced bowler. You know, during crunch moments, you know, he can just come in and you know take those crucial wickets. You never know. He's a big bowler at the end. Maybe you could have given those overs. Second thing is uh, the fact that they took that they stuck to the old ball. You know, Joe Root was constantly bowling uh, with the old ball, and he did pick a crucial wicket of Alex Carey. That might have you know given them. That uh, hope that you know. Let's stay with the old ball only. If you would have given, if you would have taken the new ball, you would have given it to J- Jimmy Anderson. You, you don't know what could have happened, right? So, uh, but yeah, I mean, you can. There's another side to it also that whenever you take the new ball, runs also come on the new ball only. You know, it's hard and you know it, it's and uh, you know it will bounce and you know batsman can attack. So because at that time Australia had nothing to lose, they had to go after playing big shots. So I don't know what the mindset was. See, yeah, I always feel that uh, uh, that these kind of decisions, in hindsight, it's easy to discuss whether this was this was the error that they made or that was the error that they made. You know, at the end of the day, Australia played better than England. You know, uh, during especially during those last crucial moments, and the way uh, uh, like Pat Cummins batted, the way Usman Khwaja batted. So I think uh, you know these kind of handling pressure situations can only be done if uh, if. The team knows how to make players or pack in crunch moments, and I think you know that is where, over a period of years, especially three, four years, India has lacked that. You know, if, uh, the fact that you're not able to make new players or pack new players, uh, it's not easy to you know perform under crucial situations, under tough situations, and I think that's where England and Australia as a team are ahead because you know they put the team ahead instead of uh, the uh, personal milestones. So. Uh, Or you know, making others happy, or making everybody happy, something like that. And the fact that you know, there's another thing that people are not really talking about is both innings chase in Test match is always a bit difficult for any team. If you see, uh, I remember the tour of India to England in 2018 when they went, and India was not even able to chase 194 in that in that first Test match at Baston. And then they had got a chase of around 2:45 in the fourth test at Southampton. They were not able to chase that as well. Fifth test, you know, it was uh, very, it was a big score. So won't comment on that. But at least the first and the fourth. So at that time, 2:45, 2:50, 2:60 seemed a very big task. You know, big task to climb because it is tough. You know, fourth innings test match. If you see, if you look at the past records, it is difficult. But especially in the last two, three years, I see. I feel that that mindset has shifted across teams. That you know we are not afraid of the fourth innings. We are going to go and chase it down because you know at 280, I think they were chasing. If I'm not wrong, in, uh, over here. So for a team like England, they might not have given much thought about it if they were chasing 280. You know they would have thought that you know just go out and we are going to chase it. But we have not seen other teams do that in alien conditions. We saw India doing at Gabba Test match or. Uh, before that, we didn't really see India doing it, or after that, we really didn't see India doing that. But we saw Australia doing that. So I think there's there's that shift in mindset also. That uh, you know, whatever the score may be in the fourth innings, if you're playing in England or Australia, you we are going to go for the chase. And Australia did that. So I think that is also you know a really good shift that uh, uh, we are observing in Test cricket. And also since you've uh bought the topic of india into the picture i would like to comment that uh, what i feel is that the players in the indian team are 
playing for a safe spot in their side they have that uh, uh, thing in the back of their minds that they have to cement their place uh, uh, into inside the test squad but uh, on the contrary when we look at this uh, new english squad they are playing fearless cricket because they actually have the backing of the management and their captain that uh, you know you play whatever the role has been given to you play according to that and you don't have to worry about your place in the team and that's what brings out the performances which we are currently seeing uh, by the england cricket team but uh, we are we all know what is the current situation with the squad selection going in the indian setup where you know you just don't know what you have to do to get in uh, you just can't uh, seem to impress the selectors based on the hard grind in the uh, ranji setup or you know just uh, the player who was dropped uh, recently has all of a sudden been made the vice captain and the vice captain has who was the vice captain is dropped again so we just don't know what's going on here so that might also be a little factor uh, which is which can be the reason why uh, the rise of india india's test cricket has uh, come to an halt and the other teams are exceeding as compared to the indian team i think we were living in just a bubble uh, you know i'm sorry we might be going off tangent a bit but just wanted to speak on this for 2 minutes that uh, since the past 3 4 years we were living in that bubble that we are the best uh, you know we are the best in the world you know we have so much young talent we have we can put two to three teams on the field at once uh, and you know we have 10 7 different captains who can captain the side and while the other teams were you know focusing more on backing their players and making the teams and you look now that you know it's actually empty everything is empty if you see who is your who is your captain in test cricket right now after rohit sharma you don't know he's when he's uh, when he might retire and all those things so all the hard yards after dhoni's retirement till that south africa tour uh, which was the last of virat kohli as keeper you know till then everything seemed fine but now we are back to square one it seems see yeah, i think the fact that also uh, linke rahane was recently made the vice captain i mean you imagine the situation uh, he was not even part of playing 11 uh, two test matches back and now he suddenly the vice captain of india i mean nothing against him he is a fantastic player he has served india for very long but that just shows how empty your closet is and so i mean it's okay we can discuss this on uh, some other day but uh, you know this just shows the difference between you know uh, teams like uh, like the other teams and teams like england and australia i think they are dominating world cricket right now currently if you see uh, for, in my opinion i think england when it comes to mindset they are at the top australia when it comes they are at the top you know coming in world cup uh, ashes you know ashes still going on but after the ashes you know you have uh, the world cup as well so if you ask me they might be you know the top two favorites going into india is a very uh, favorite since they are playing in their own conditions but you know you uh, given the fact that the player their players are in top form in this series currently england and australia are really dominating the world cricket right absolutely Anyways, we just hope in World Cup we don't see uh, Lucknow coal mines and uh, obviously Chennai is there one coal mine, which uh, Pakistan is also appealing to. And yeah, there is lot of time for World Cup to come. But coming back to Ashes, like we obviously 
I don't know what we are supposed to even discuss today as you know there was just the small little decision making that uh, caused the match or momentum shift in both the teams favor uh, one thing that we can talk about was Nathan Lyon's impact on this test match like leave that last session with the bat obviously with the ball we are not talking about him but he had that huge impact in the first innings and obviously also in the second innings he definitely has been the yeah go ahead uh, so you see nathan lyon was actually the player who really got like he was the main person who got all the wickets in the first innings he literally got four wickets uh, in the first innings and if the person is going against batsman in such a way the response to batsman in such a way then i think nathan lyon was literally the one who got uh, team england to restrict under 400 i mean of course they declared but then getting those eight wickets was really important and even if you uh, see the second innings then i guess uh, he was the one who got uh, four wickets again if i'm not wrong so you see eight wickets in total is like uh, a big deal so uh, nathan Lyon, and of course the that unbelievable innings in the second innings with the bat was also remarkable because Uh, we expected Pat Cummins to play in such a way, but Nathan Lyon was actually a surprise, and he literally did the perfect arc redemption to the runout invest in the last dashes at Headingley. So yes, Nathan Lyon uh, was a great spot at the last dashes. Nathan Lyon has always been an amazing spinner for Australia. You know, uh, there have always been a discussion or regarding off spinners. Off spinners are generally, you know, not really. uh popular these days popular as in you know uh, many teams don't use off spinner anymore you see especially white ball cricket how many teams are playing with uh, off spinners everybody favors leg spinners yes india is living in 1970s era where they are still favoring off spinners in white ball but remaining if you see the other teams every team has a good leg spinner so i think uh, especially in test cricket especially in the last 10 12 years you know he has been for me the best off spinner currently in the world right when it comes to test cricket across countries across uh, nations he has picked wickets beat uae conditions beat in beat england even in the last 2018 ashes series sorry 2019 ashes series he picked six wickets at edgewaston the first test match and uh, and uh, with the bat also he has done so well and uh, with the ball also he really turned this match around also i think he has been really great uh, i won't say he is underrated but definitely you know with the bat with the ball has been a very useful resource for us like he just finds a way in each and every conditions beat with the kookaburra ball at home duke's ball in england and of course with the sg ball he's just an uh, a beast like he's just i just imagine what if uh, he gets a chance to play two three uh, uh, series in india with the sg ball he could like end up a lot higher in their all time leading test wicket takers list with all the greats up there is just a very persistent and disciplined he just keeps on bowling at the same length doesn't matter if if someone's hitting him for runs he just sticks to his stance and does not try much and just keeps bowling at it he bowls a spell of more than 10 15 overs is just amazing man no words to say what line is just a good great player Well, obviously, 
you know we discussed about the uh, impact of nathan ryan and obviously it doesn't matter to talk about these things because we know uh, these uh, impactful players will have uh, great performances in such match yeah like nathan ryan beat pat comins beat joe root such players but again the match shifted in favor of australia was in that last session where pat comins and obviously nathan ryan were batting uh do you guys think that uh, short ball plan to pat comins went against uh, england and we have seen it uh, before too that uh, these short ball plans to tellenders which england try have uh, went against them like i shouldn't bring ict over here because we all are pretty much over them right now but uh, you know that jaspreet bumrah and mohammad shami cameo coming in that things and so in that english series that we were discussing about a few moments ago so do you think that short ball trap to pat comins or beat nathan line went against them and it's a lesson for england team how to move away with that plan or something like that See, I guess that plan. Uh, what I feel is that plan is good if you have bowlers who can bowl at a higher pace of one thirty-five to one forty-five, and the pitch has something for the bowlers. Like uh, I don't, I'm not saying that uh, Robinson and Broad are not good enough bowlers to bowl with that plan, but is that it is that they were trying their level best to you know make that plan work for them, but. the pitch was not offering enough bounce for that uh, plan is what uh, in my opinion made that plan to fail that day yeah i think it was a mix of both uh, they, they were bowling some good bounces and you know it was landing in between the fielders also so there was a see at times you need luck also during these things but i think the best way to deal with tail enders go ahead ball straight straight to the stumps I won't call Pat Cummins a tailender though. Uh, no, see, for to be a tailender, you have to be a real tailender also. If you look at Australian batsmen, uh, Nathan Lyon, Pat Cummins, they can bat. They can bat really well, especially Pat Cummins. So apart from him, for other players, uh, see, at times it it works. As they just said, uh, it was a very good point that if you have a good pace, and the wicket is also behaving that, again, it is it can go both both ways, but. Uh, I think in those kind of conditions, helpful. I was watching few balls; they were not popping off. You know, uh, Pat Cummins was easily able to defend it. So maybe it was because of the pitch, or maybe because of the bowling uh, conditions, or whatever. But uh, I always feel the best way to go about hit the stumps, target the uh, stumps, target the body. I think that should be more than enough of the tail enders. You know, and the fact that the way I think Stuart Broad has. Old in this test match, you know that spell where he took three, four wicket, three wickets up in the last uh, session of the day's play on the previous day. I think that really set up the momentum for them, and I think from over there, the uh, the other bowlers were not able to, you know, support him that much. So uh, I think that was uh, a bit off, and I I always feel that you know Stuart Broad and James Jimmy Anderson, you know, exceptional bowlers, they have. Done so, uh, amazingly for uh, England over the years, but I still feel that maybe uh, both of them playing in the same playing eleven uh, may not be the best way for England going ahead. Uh, I always feel that you need that one young fast bowler, uh, you know, who can actually uh, change things up. Maybe you know with Mark Wood or maybe with some other good young fast bowler. Uh, I don't know. Jofra Archer, they had him in the last Ashes series in England. 
uh, they are missing him right now but i think uh, moving ahead playing both anderson and broad uh, i don't know I, that doesn't really uh, sound convincing that's a very good point he made like even i agree with him uh, with the with their age factor also coming into play i'm not saying that they're not skillful enough to you know have a place in this side is that both of them together you know uh, don't uh, bring in their vari- bring in that variety anymore they need someone like markwood or joffre a fit joffre archer because in 2019 we saw that uh, those nasty bo- bouncers bowled by joffre archer was any batsman batsman's uh, nightmare at that point of time so mark wood has the skill to bowl similar type of bouncers uh, we saw that mark wood was pretty successful when india played england in england uh, in 2021 he was good with the ball so if mark wood is fit and ready to go would like to see him if england is willing to play this brand of cricket and uh, with all those bouncer ploy and that uh, fancy fields then they definitely need someone like a marco who can you know nip the ball off and bowl w- with a good pace a good uh, fiery bouncer a yorker so they need someone like him well absolutely a good point made obviously it's a long series ahead and uh, i don't think so there is anything much left the to add in this test match like we have discussed all talking points be it um, backing up the players um like for example australia still backing david warner that's the biggest example if i want to talk about and then obviously our decision making and uh, you know fearless cricket and uh, resilience by australia everything we have discussed uh, so far so if you guys uh, want to add something else you can add up as we can uh, move on to a slight preview that uh, we can give on the second test match coming up yeah i think we can go ahead with the preview uh, so biggest factor obviously we talked about you know score selection for england Uh, since Mohin Ali uh, being injured and obviously Rehan Ahmed is added in the squad and the also pace attack combination that uh, you guys talked about a bit earlier uh, so what do you guys think uh, will it be the same 11 they will end up with and uh, Joe Root will uh, take up the role of uh, spinner and uh, obviously Mohin Ali will just bat or, or even ball who knows about that but primarily the role of spinner will be assigned to Joe Root Or do you guys think they will uh, go with a young wrist spinner Rehan Ahmed coming in? So I think uh, Mohin Ali uh, will drop out and a new young spinner will come in for the team of England. Because in the end, you have to uh, win the match and you have to take some harsh steps. In the end, Mohin Ali is a spinner. He is the prime spinner of the team. So I, we understand that he is playing a good form of cricket while batting as well. but then you have to assign roles to individual players and a player like Mohin Ali was a prime spinner so now you need a prime spinner Joe Root like of course he was the one who got like great wickets and I am supposing if I'm not wrong he is all around the number 12 in the test rankings as well which is a great achievement for him as well but he is not the prime bowler his prime skill is always going to be batting 
so in a test match you have to assign perfect roles to every individual player and i think a replacement will any day be a great option for them see i think uh, uh, if he's fit definitely he will play but uh, the second test match is in lords right if i'm not wrong and lords traditionally has uh, always been seema friendly so but i always feel that if uh you have an option of a wrist spinner in in a test match you have to go with him maybe if uh, ali is not playing uh maybe you can get in an extra fast bowler if you see and joe root can uh, take place of that spinner i don't know but uh, i don't know if what riyan ahmed is going to bring to the table if the guy, if those people feel that you know it's the best time to uh, put him on the field uh, especially during a very crunched test match because they have to win this test match kind of a must win test match for them so if they feel that you know he can make that impact and so you can just put him in you know uh let's see what uh, you know the, the youngsters have the new young spinners of england have got so i don't know let's see uh, maybe uh, they might as well go with extra pacer also if uh, because i think uh, traditionally if you see lords has always uh, you know favored the steamers in the past also and you know jimmy anderson also has a very good record over here so i'm hoping for a good spell uh, for from him also so let's see and may the best team win i think england will definitely uh, make a good comeback you know australia can't get complacent in this if they want to win the ashes in, in england uh, england will definitely make a comeback i think there obviously we also talked about uh, stark missing out for australia So, do you guys think any changes being made up in Australian bowling lineup or in batting lineup too? We might see Stark play because earlier on Twitter this evening, I came across a video where Harry Brook was practicing his batting, he was getting his throwdowns under his belt before the next Test match, and he was asking his coach or the throwdown specialist to bowl. from a left arm seamer's perspective uh, with the ball going across and coming back in so he was practicing for a left arm uh, for to, to bat against a left arm seamer so uh, there might be news around those uh, teams and the hotel rooms that that might uh, be fit enough to go ahead and play the second test match so we might see stark play i don't know in place of whom but there's a chance that stark might play this test match also the ground condition yeah they want you to want to speak something you can go ahead yes and i think you know uh, australia is all about bold decisions they are the ones who are always the one who like they want to win a test match no matter what so i think star comes in in place of bowling bold prediction but this is what i think australia should do like not australia should do but as i told you australia is someone who makes bold decision and can do whatever to win the game so i think uh, with a start comes in for start bowling yeah also you guys mentioned the uh, lords favoring pacers condition like a uh, few days back uh, there was test between ireland and england played at lords and obviously pitch uh, was not that much in favor of pacers also the english uh, summer being into the play so i don't know maybe rian ahmed will play obviously it's a pass ball approach that England is following and obviously Rehan Ahmed uh, just playing 
uh, one test match before this in Pakistan and getting that five uh, four on debut. So obviously not much data available on him. So might be that approach or might be I don't know mixed approach. Let's see what uh, England brings to the table. We really can't expect England from these days what they're thinking about. So yeah, that's all we can say about the second test uh, match preview. And uh, obviously there's lots of more content coming from us. Uh, for example, World Cup qualifiers or uh, group stage is just about to get over in a day's time, and Super Six is going to start. And obviously later than that, we might also discuss India versus West Indies uh, squad selection preview. But obviously, if you really want to listen to our rage, then tune in for that podcast too later coming. You know, and yeah, for this podcast, I think so. There is nothing much to discuss about. If you guys uh, tell, we can just end this podcast here. Yeah, uh, yeah, we can definitely. I just wanted to add one final thing. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a see. Uh, I I still remember the last Ashes that happened in Australia. The first. Paul Mitchell Stark bowled, you know, that was a golden duck for Rory Burns. And if you see the first ball of this Test match, uh, I think Pat Cummins was the bowler, and Zach Crawley hit a smashing cover drive uh, to Pat Cummins on the very first ball. And I think that was a that was a very good, uh, you know, kind of a fallback for me at, at that point. And yes, uh, as you said about the West Indies uh, squad selection, uh, let's do that podcast pretty soon because I have a lot of things to say on that. Well, certainly I can feel a lot of rage right now, just with that one sentence. But yeah, let's end this podcast here. If you really like our content, you can go on Instagram and uh, follow us. We have a handle at the rate uh, Team Quickstop. And for more such interesting podcasts, you can tune into our Spotify playlist. Uh, also, we have our same username over there, Team Quickstop. Uh, so yeah, until next podcast. Uh, and also for more such ashes for ashes podcast coming in weeks time uh, we'll meet you soon and that's it for this podcast